Welcome to Techpreneur Radio, the podcast for technology and entrepreneurship. In this episode, we're interviewing Lydia Zaleski, success lead of a startup company called Cloverly. Cloverly's mission is to provide tools for business and organizations to achieve carbon neutrality by connecting online buyers to local, high-quality, renewable energy through sustainability as a service platform. In this episode, we talk about what it's like to be part of a small five-person team. We also dug deep into how Cloverly works and the importance of social entrepreneurship. Since Cloverly is based out of Birmingham, Alabama, we talked about how startups are beginning to move away from tech hubs like Silicon Valley, Seattle, New York, and Boston, to name a few. Lydia is a graduate from Williams College with degrees in political science, economics, and a concentration in leadership studies. She has been interested in startups for a long time and participated in the Venture for America Fellowship. Upon her completion, she joined Cloverly as a full-time employee and has loved it ever since. Let's jump right in. Hey, Lydia. Welcome to Techpreneur Radio. Thanks so much for having me. So Lydia here, um, I went to school with Lydia and we were, uh, she graduated, I think 2019, if I'm not mistaken. 2018, actually. 2018. Well, it's been a while. Um, and so we had a winter study class that we were, I think we were in together and it was about um, planning for your startup. If I don't, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. How, uh, like how to, uh, how to start how to, your startup. How to start a startup. Yeah. Not yeah. the most catchy <laughs> class line for that. It was, uh, it was my freshman year and I was like, it was a winter study at Williams. So it's what they do is that they have one class um, in between fall and spring semester where it's not necessarily like related to any one kind of like domain or field. And it's just one class that you get to explore different things. So I thought that was a super cool class. And today um, it's my pleasure to invite Lydia onto the show for her to talk about uh, Cloverly, which is a great company is doing amazing things, I think, in the, in the realm of... Um, uh, environmental entrepreneurship. So I'll let her talk a little bit more about what the company does and uh, what exactly they're innovating on and how they're bringing in technology to and sustainability. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, so I started at Cloverly um, March 2019. Um, I joined as a BFA fellow. Um, so that's Venture for America. Uh, and Cloverly at its core is a API for carbon offsets. So we calculate common internet activities. So everything from e-commerce deliveries to rideshare, miles driven in there, flights. Um, we have endpoints for a lot of different kind of common online activities. Um, and not just, so we, we go farther than just that calculating aspect. We actually provide an easy option to offset that impact. So by using renewable energy credits or carbon offset credits, um, you're kind of both calculating the carbon emissions and then taking accountability for those emissions and making those activities carbon neutral. Um, we work a lot in the e-commerce space. So we have applications for Magento and Shopify, um, and we're about to launch one for big commerce. And so in e-commerce, we are kind of seamlessly at, check, at the cart level in the checkout experience, um, calculating what, what the carbon emissions are for an order. So where it's coming from, where it's going to, uh, the weight of the package, the mode of transportation, all of those inputs we calculate um, and we present a kind of one click solution for customers to get carbon neutral delivery of their options. Um, and our core API has, it's an open API. So anybody can kind of look at our docs and I always get excited when people are like trying to build something new, like that we haven't thought about. So we're kind of trying to bridge that gap between sustainability and like technology um, in that, in that sense. So I think that's a little bit of a rundown of what we do. Yeah. 
Can you, I think uh, an API, I know exactly what it is, but let's, let's break down what that is and let's talk about like the API economy. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's an application programming interface. Um, the way it was explained to me, it's like Google Maps. Google did a really hard thing by mapping out the globe. Um, and if I had my own website um, and I wanted to put a map on my site, I don't want to go talk to satellites and map it out myself. I'm using Google's API and plugging into that to present a map on my site. And so kind of taking a hard thing um, and making it easy for developers to build tools off of or um, yeah, for developers to build, to, to build into existing products or new products. And so kind of Twilio is an example of a really successful API company, um, Stripe as well. So for texting and payments um, respectively. Um, and so what we're doing is that kind of hard thing of calculating emissions and then also then procuring offsets because that's a regulated marketplace. Um, there are compliance, um, legal compliance stuff around purchasing offsets and then retiring them. Um, and so we're, we're taking that like hard thing and, and making that our core competency of we're good at purchasing and retiring and calculating and letting you know what your impact is and letting you offset that um, and making it super easy for developers to build tools off of or for people to use our core products that we've built for. And when you say procuring offsets, what exactly uh, is Cloverly working on doing? Yeah, so kind of offset, like carbon offsets is, is, is a marketplace, um, kind of similar to the stock market in, in that sense of like it's their intangible assets that go, go the money goes to a project, um, except instead of the stark stock market, it's a consumable. So you purchase it one time um, and then to claim that renewable energy or to claim something is carbon neutral, you need to retire it. So you need to legally retire that offset unit so no one else can purchase it. So only one person can, can, can claim carbon neutrality for the purchase of that offset unit. Um, so it's a way for kind of clean energy projects and carbon offset projects to have another um, revenue stream. So it, by purchasing offsets, you're making these types of projects that are either sequestering carbon in the atmosphere or avoiding it altogether um, by having clean energy, um, making those fi more financially viable. So, so more, more off projects can happen in the future. So you're basically like trying to invest in, in clean energy, either research or infrastructure, like solar panels or um, R&D that makes it more, fe more like economically feasible and sustainable? Yeah, it's it kind of, it's, it's that idea that like an existing project, um, like so wind energy or solar energy, they, they produce that energy, but they also produce these credits um, that can mm -hmm. be that are sold on a marketplace. And so, uh, and then offset projects. So interesting. Um, like uh, a good example is like an improved forest management project. So you can calculate the pounds of carbon per acre of trees in, 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 a, in a project and, and calculate that down to a dollar um, amount um, of what that like is in a marketplace. It's kind of very like. Uh, yeah, that was the piece that I was kind of stuck trying to understand because I understand like how the experience is like you, you basically buy stuff in a shopping cart and then at the bottom is it says, oh, we've calculated how much this this purchase is going to contribute to the carbon uh, input into the atmosphere 
um, would you like to purchase this uh, carbon credit and we'll take care of the rest, right? So that part was cool, but I was, that was the part that I didn't really understand. Like what exactly uh, is this whole carbon credit? Like what, like that's the part that I, that was kind of, yeah. Yeah, so car carbon credits are, are like these units, uh, these products that these projects can um, produce along with like the core of like the renewable energy or the like improved forest management, like stuff mm. that they do. Um, and they're all accredited. So we only purchase accredited carbon offsets. So there, there are marketplace standards. So gold standard, um, VCS, ACR, American Carbon Registry. Um, mm. So there are registries for these are like organizations, right? Yeah. So those are organizations that kind of do the comp like registering of offsets um, so they can be put on a marketplace to be purchased. Um, and they do all like the tracking and like the accounting and all the environmental stuff of like make sure they're legitimate um, and, and avoiding or um, sequestering the carbon that they're claiming. Awesome. And did you have any experience in like working in, oh, I guess, let me back up before I ask that. Um, where, where are you currently working on in Cloverly? Like what's your, your role, I guess, what are your, what is your day-to-day -day kind of responsibilities and stuff like that? Yeah, so kind of, I, I always love that question because it makes me think about where, where I've come from and where I've gone to. I was one of the first employees at Cloverly um, and I started before we launched our API. So while we were still kind of like, like not, we didn't have a product yet. Um, and so my job has kind of grown with Cloverly. Um, I would say right now I'm our success lead. So I work with all of our partners, um, everyone who's using our API, they're usually talking to me. Um, so all of our accounts and answering any questions they need, um, thinking about like product issues that come up with people that are using our apps. Um, so interfacing with our engineering team on product bug fixes or enhancements. Um, and then also with our business development and sales um, outreach strategy, I kind of, it's, it's the old like wearing multiple hats. Um, yeah, stuff sure. kind of, like, but yeah, I, I would say I'm mostly our customer facing role. Um, and I interface that information that we get from everybody using, using our um, various applications and like relaying that info to our team and like making a better product. Cool. Yeah. That sounds like uh, you, it's, it's similar to like a product management management role, but it's like, you're more like user user focused, right? So you're getting a lot of input from them and trying to like parse down exactly what they need in like an aggregate sense and then yeah. talking to the rest of the team. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of a hybrid because it's also a customer success manager role where mm -hmm. I'm making sure that everybody using, um, everyone with Cloverly accounts are having, is having a good experience and any issues they come, I have the answers for them. So it's interesting building out like a knowledge base for um, Cloverly. As, as we grow, we learn so much about um, how people use us. And so growing that um, as well and that kind of like internal knowledge that we have and the external knowledge for like new users. Cool. And I know we didn't really talk about like venture for America from before that, but how do you think um, that prepared you or what was like, what was like your experience going through being a VFA fellow and how, how has that prepared you for, for working at Cloverly, for example? Yeah, absolutely. So for context, uh, VF venture for America is a two year fellowship program for um, recent college graduates um, to work at startups across the country um, in cities that wouldn't traditionally recruit um, 
you wouldn't think for to work at a startup. So I'm currently in Birmingham, Alabama. Other cities are like Baltimore or Detroit or Miami or Columbus, Ohio. So not like your Silicon Valley, New York kind of hubs for um, startups. So VFA, I think was, I mean, it's the reason why I have my, have my job, right? Um, I got this from a, 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 the kind of the startup community in Birmingham. Uh, and, and I mean, it was kind of super important in, in how I think about like my, the work that I do here. Like it's hyper-focused on this, the kind of soft skills that you need um, to work at a startup because it, it's, no one is doing the same thing every day. Kind of if you're working at like a five person company, like Cloverly is like five, I don't know how many people we, um, yeah, I think it's like five. Uh, and, and all of those kind of like softer things that you need to prepare for that you don't really know to prepare for. Um, you go through a five week training camp to like think about those. And I think it's also the network um, and really like having a cohort of like 180 other recent college graduates that are all starting to work at a start a startup at the same time as you going through similar experiences because one of the things of a young person working in a startup is you don't have the benefit of having a large company around you that you can like learn from your coworkers right it's a smaller team um, and you have to work pretty independently a lot um, and the, that resource of other fellows and being able to say like hey I'm I'm like putting our Slack channel of like, hey, I'm, I'm building out our CRM. Like, does, does anyone have experience with Salesforce or, or Pipedrive or any CRM experience that would be down to chat for 20 minutes? Like those kind of intangible things are, are so beneficial when working at a startup um, and like really has helped me with like Cloverly. It's a long-winded answer, but I love, I love my experience with BFA. I'm officially a graduate at, uh, as of like last week, so. Oh, congrats. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a funnel and also like a net, like a network for people that want to get involved in working in a startup, if I, if yeah. I understand it correctly. Yeah, exactly. It's a focus on entrepreneurship, um, in areas that like you wouldn't think wouldn't, of. Right. Yeah. And, and, and for me, I had interned at a few startups, um, between my summers at Williams and I knew I wanted to work at a startup, but that's so, I mean, that that means anything, right? And so VFA was a great vehicle for me to get access to startup jobs, but also like like the resources that you would need to work at a startup. And and if you were to, startups are risky to work at, right? So like a lot of them fail um, and being able to have that network um, that you develop by being a VFA fellow and that support system, it, it mitigates a lot of that risk that you have as a young person going to work at a startup. Um, and, and just like, I think learning from other people and just like being around other, like, uh, I mean, I was so impressed by like the, the fellows that I, I've met. Like they're all like incredibly like smart and caring and like down to help always. Um, it reminds me a lot of like my time at Williams. It's awesome. It's awesome that you have that, that network because I know startups are kind of difficult. You can get burnt out pretty quickly uh, and you kind of feel like you don't know what you're doing most of the time. You're just overwhelmed with work. So it's good to have that support system for sure. Um, and I wanna, I wanna bring up another piece that you just mentioned, the, the part where you're, you're, you're working in a startup in Birmingham, Alabama, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, how do you, how, what do you see like, uh, I might, this might be like completely random, but I think like with all the pandemic that we're currently living through, like where do you see like the future of remote work? Um, and this is a follow-up question because I, I know there's this 
this book about like this guy who's a entrepreneur and um, we'll talk about that afterwards. But um, do you think that there's going to be a lot more startups coming up in, in like, for example, Birmingham or uh, Ohio or middle, like Midwestern states? So that's kind of where there's like a huge opportunity. I mean, I guess there's like a huge lack of opportunity um, yeah. right now. So I'm uh, curious to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think VFA is a testament, is it, yeah, is a testament to that there are startup opportunities there, just people don't think about them, right? Like in VFA started in 2012 with about, I think 30 or 40 fellows. And now it's in, in like five cities and now it's in like 12 cities with 200, like 200 fellows every year going to, going to work at, at, at startup jobs across the country. Um, and I think, I mean, Steve Case um, has yeah, a- exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking yeah, about. The rise of the rest. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the rise of the rest, I think is, um, it is super important to think about. I mean, like, I can only speak to my, my own experience, but moving to a city like Birmingham, Alabama, like it's smaller than where I'm initially from Boston. So I, I like to compare the two and where I was thinking of going after college and the access to people doing really cool things is so much greater than in, in Birmingham than in Boston. Like in Boston, I would be one of a ton of people working in a ton of different startups and it's harder to kind of meet like important people doing really cool things mm -hmm. in Boston. Um, in, in Birmingham, it's like, there's a real, a real tight knit community um, where they're like super supportive. Like if someone wants to like have a chat about a, a about a certain company that's like started downtown. Like I know someone that knows the founder, right? Like it's a very tight knit community. So you have like that kind of uh, barriers to entry are lower, I would say, um, to kind of important people doing really cool things. Uh, and you get that real community mentality of like, we're excited that uh, we're doing things in Birmingham. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a huge opportunity. There's a lot of um, developers who I mean, I'm just talking from my experience because I know a lot of developers that are, you know, they're kind of frustrated with like the whole San Francisco. Uh, it's like four or five places, San Francisco, New York, Boston, Seattle, yeah. uh, Los, man, not even, I wouldn't even include Los Angeles in there, but those are kind of the tech hubs of like the U.S. And the problem is like, it's just all the talents kind of flooding to those places, leaving the middle of the United States just like completely, I'm like, you know, there's no real opportunities there. But I think now this, I think like the pandemic that we kind of just are going through for better, or for worse, a lot of people are having to work from home. And I think we're seeing how feasible like remote teams are, um, which I just want to go on like the record. I think uh, like in, in Steve Case's book, third wave, um, put a plug in that book because it's amazing. Uh, he was talking a lot about how he wanted to like, he's doing the startup. It's called um, revolution. This is like startup fund. It's like a fund that he has an investment fund. Yeah, it's, um, it's revolution. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that uh, fund, he's going to invest in like early stage startups, uh, in the middle, in the Midwest of the like Midwestern and central United States. Um, and there's a lot of companies that are starting up in those regions because, well, what for one cost of living is a lot lower. Um, so you can get, uh, get away with like having to spend less on like paying your developers or paying for other expenses like rent that are like huge overhead costs. Um, so I think it's a huge opportunity and I think it's super cool to see like, the innovation that's coming from places that we wouldn't think of, you know, like Birmingham, Alabama, we kind of like think, Oh, this is like, just like a very backwards country or city or whatever, but that's not true. It's not really the case. Um, there's really great things happening there. So I'm excited to see that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Birmingham has been is has been fantastic. Um, I mean, uh, Shipped is a one of the startups out of Birmingham that like kind of rose and, and Target bought them for five hundred million dollars a few years ago, and now they're a national brand. They have a San Francisco office as well, but their headquarters is Birmingham. Nice. Um, it's super cool to see, and yeah, Steve Case. Williams alum as well. Yeah, Williams alum. He actually uh, co-founded AOL. Just yeah, had yeah, to yeah, put yeah. that there. I had, I had my book. I had my book autographed by him, so it was super cool. Oh, that's awesome! Because he, he came to he came to Williams. He gave a talk. Oh, must have missed him. Must have been after I graduated. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah. This is awesome. Um. Let me think. I don't. I don't really have any more questions for you. Um. But I wanted to know if you had any like piece of advice for people that are like recently grad and are looking for jobs if BFA is a good um, thing to do for maybe launch them into like the whole startup world that they might be curious about and get your two cents on that because I only talked about it already but yeah absolutely I mean BFA is a great vehicle um, to work at a startup and especially if you want that kind of community um, they're doing some really great things but it's like how they're adapting to COVID as well like online training camp and, and job fairs and stuff and really trying to focus on fellows. Um, I mean, I just, I would encourage anyone who's thinking about it to just apply to work at a startup. I think it's, if you're interested in like high growth, like you're not doing the same thing every day and like high impact work, I think that's, that's what I was attracted to, right? I wanted it to matter that I showed up to work every day or if I did it um, and like that impact is, was really what I, what I was looking for um, and that it mattered. Uh, and I think startups are a great, great way. Um, and, it, and, and as a, I'm not a developer, um, I, don't, I didn't come with a lot of like technical skills, but you can really be an asset to a startup, even if you aren't coming from the like tech tech background. So um, I think that's another plug I always try to, whenever I talk about startups, because you don't have to just be kind of highly technical, but I, which I think is what people assume. Um, because there are a lot of other ways to be helpful to a company that's growing. Oh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's so nice yeah. to catch up, see what you're up to. Thank you so much. I appreciate the, the interest and um, it's really cool what you're doing and, you know, like pursuing your passions um, in a podcast form and that stuff is, is super cool. Yeah, I'm just experimenting. This is all every day I'm learning and little new little things that I do a little faster, a little better. Um, but it's, I love talking to people and getting their like candid, you know, life kind of like not life, but like their, the way they got to where they are and all that. It's super cool for like storytelling. I love that way. I, I consume media so much better through like audio and visual yeah. too. Yeah. Totally. I, I, yeah. I, I, I like podcasts a lot. Um, and I, and I do think I, I like that you're kind of focusing on, on that entrepreneurship aspect, I think. William specifically could, could use some of that in that, like, you don't have to just go to the top five, like the big five, right? Like med school, law school, grad school, finance or consulting. Like that's what I was like old or the five avenues post Williams. And I think mm. entrepreneurship and startups are such a important, like uh, career path um, for, and I think William's like, you know, that that kind of way of thinking of just like learning like learning how to learn is super important um and, and applicable as well um clearly like you're you always learning I, i'm always learning on my job as well so yeah. uh, cool oh thank you so much lydia i appreciate it absolutely thanks eddie have Let a great day yeah
See ya. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you for making it to the end of the episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing the podcast with a friend. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Eddie Varela. Go on and build the future.